This is section 38 of Mark Twain Speaking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. At a dinner for Monsieur Frechette of Quebec. Hotel Windsor, Holyoke, Massachusetts, January 31, 1882. Read by John Greenman. I have broken a vow in order that I might give myself the pleasure of meeting my friend Frechette again but that is nothing to brag about a person who is rightly constructed will break a vow any time to meet a friend before i last met monsieur frechette he had become the child of good fortune that is to say his poems had been crowned by the academy of france since i last met him he has become the child of good fortune once more that is to say, I have translated his poems into English, and written a eulogy of them in the French language to preface the work. He possessed a single-barreled fame before. He will possess a double-barreled fame now. Translations always reverse a thing, and bring an entirely new side of it into view, thus doubling the property and making two things out of what was only one thing before so in my translation his pathetic poems have naturally become humorous his humorous poems have become sad anybody who knows even the rudiments of arithmetic will know that monsieur frechette's poems are now worth exactly twice as much as they were before i am glad to help welcome the laureate of quebec to our soil and i assure him that we will do our best to leave him no room to regret that he came yes as i was saying i broke a vow if it had been a trim shiny brand new one i should be sorry of course for it is always wrong and a pity to mistreat and injure good new property but this one was different i don't regret this one because it was an old ragged ramshackle vow that had seen so much service and been broken so often and patched and spliced together in so many places that it was become a disgraceful object and so rotten that i could never venture to put any strain worth mention upon it this vow was a vow which i first made eleven years ago on a new year's day that i would never make another after-dinner speech as long as i lived it was as good a vow then as i ever saw but i have broken it in sixty-four places since and mended it up fresh every new year's seven years ago i reformed in another way i made a vow that i would lead an upright life meaning by that that i would never deliver another lecture i believe i have never broken that one i think i can be true to it always and thus disprove the reverend petroleum v nasby's maxim that burglars and lecturers never reform but this other vow has always been beyond my strength 
I mean, I have always been beyond its strength. The reason is simple. It lies in the fact that the average man likes to hear himself talk when he is not under criticism. The very man who sneers at your after-dinner speech when he reads it in next morning's paper would have been powerfully moved to make just as poor a one himself if he had been present with the encouraging champagne in him and the friendly uncritical faces all about him but that discourteous man doesn't do all the sneering that is done over your speech no he does only about a tenth of it you do the other nine tenths yourself your little talk which sounded so fine and warbly and nice when you were delivering it in the mellow light of the lamps and in an enchanted atmosphere of applause and all-pervading good fellowship looks miserably pale and vapid and lifeless in the cold print of a damp newspaper next morning with obituaries and cast-iron politics all around it and the hard gray light of day shining upon it and mocking at it you do not recognize the corpse you wonder if this is really that gay and handsome creature of the evening before you look him over and find he certainly is those very remains then you want to bury him you wish you could bury him privately end of at a dinner for monsieur freshet of quebec read by john greenman